This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined, as always, by Robert Brokamp, personal finance expert here at The Motley Fool. He's also the advisor on Motley Fool's Rule Your Retirement newsletter. Such a great newsletter. Well, thank you very much, Allison. It's the holidays, that special time of year where we don festive sweaters and get stressed out, drunk, and a little more chubby. But it doesn't have to be that way. The Motley Fool's chief wellness officer joins us with five ways to maintain and not gain over the holidays. We'll also answer your question about creating a portfolio of bonds. A special type of bond fund. That's what we're going to talk about here. I know. I know you're excited. <laughs> I know. Allison, Allison is falling asleep, everyone out there in podcast land. <laughs> well, no, I mean, obviously, we got a question about it, so it matters to someone. It just doesn't matter to me. And I am just naturally predisposed to just kind of fall asleep whenever the word bond. It's like the Manchurian candidate where I hear the word bond and it's just like, boom, she falls asleep rather than like activates and tries to assassinate someone. Yes, well, that's <laughs> I prefer that you fall asleep rather than the other one since I'm the only one in this room with you right now. Who knows? Maybe, maybe there is a word out there. You got to be careful with what you say. Okay. All that and more on this week's episode of Molly Fool Answers. All right, it's time for Answers, Answers. And today's question comes from Steve. Are we sure this isn't Steve Broido? It's not Steve Broido. Our in-house bond expert? All right. Steve writes, I continue to hear about the risks that rising interest rates pose to traditional bond funds, as well as the benefits of laddering individual bonds. But I'm intimidated by picking and maintaining a portfolio of individual bonds. What are your thoughts on laddering target-dated maturity bond funds, such as Guggenheim's corporate bonds or iShares Muni bonds? All right, bro, make this interesting to me. Okay, well, I don't know if I can do that, but Steve, your concerns are valid. Interest rates are at historic lows. Um, just for an example, a ten-year Treasury, the pretty much the main benchmark rate in July hit historic lows. But when rates go up, the values of existing bonds go down. So actually, rates have gone up since July. So if you look at, for example, the Vanguard Total Bond Index Fund, the biggest bond fund in the world, it's actually down 3% over the last three months. And you think, well, bonds are safe. Oh my gosh, my, my investment has dropped 3%. So this is a concern for anyone who's looking for an alternative to the stock market. So some people will recommend individual bonds. You buy a bond for, let's say, $1,000, five-year bond, rates go up. The value of it in the marketplace will go down, but as long as you hold it to maturity and the company's still in business, you'll get your $1,000 back in five years. And that is what we talked about with the Steve Broido episode, right? right. Exactly. Okay. Bond funds, though, fluctuate in value. You don't know what you're going to get. So, But buying individual bonds can be complicated, and you do have to own many to be sufficiently diversified. So. A company called Guggenheim, and then followed by iShares, came up with a solution. They have what are called target date maturity bond funds, and that you buy, for example, the 2018 bond fund, and it only holds bonds that mature in 2018. At the end of 2018, you just get all your money back because all the bonds have matured. Oh. So it's a way to get to get the benefits of holding individual bonds, but instant diversification. So it's actually a pretty good deal. So let's take a look very quickly at the bond fund that's going to mature this year, 2016, matures at the end of the year. Over the last five years, it has earned an average of almost 3% a year. That's about what the overall bond market has earned. So that's good. Now, when you compare it to the top, the, I mentioned that Vanguard is the biggest bond fund. The second, big, second biggest bond fund is PIMCO Total Return. 
that's actually earned a little over 3% a year. The next is MetWest total return, that's earned over 4% a year. So while I like these Guggenheim target date bond funds, you probably won't get the same returns as you might get from another type of fund, but you also won't get the fluctuation. So I mentioned how a lot of bond funds have actually come down over the last three months. This 2016 Guggenheim fund has actually made a little bit of money. Why? Because it's 2016, this is the year these bonds are maturing, maturing so actually half that bond is already in cash because those bonds have matured. So I think it's a great option if you are looking for something that's going to earn a little bit more than cash. Um, you want a little bit more security about the money, but over the long term, I don't think that they will have quite the same returns as a traditional diversified bond fund that you hold for the long term. Can you go ahead and address the laddering part? Because right. I, I kind of understand laddering. Right, laddering is you buy different bonds, and you can do it with CDs too, of different maturities. So maybe you put some of your money in, in a bond that matures in one year, then two years, three years, four years, and five years. So every year you have bonds coming due so that you have some liquidity there, mm -hmm. but you also have some bonds that are longer dated because the longer the bond is, the higher interest rate you're going to get. And every year that they mature, then you buy another year out. Right, exactly. Ahead. Exactly. Um, and these targeted ETFs actually can be good for that. In fact, on Guggenheim's website, they even have a tool in there where you put in how long you want your ladder to be, how much do you want to put in your ladder, and it'll tell you which ETFs to buy and how much to invest in those ETFs. So, generally speaking, bottom line, not a bad idea, Steve. Not a bad idea, especially for money. If you're like you're retired and you need to protect money that you need in the next five years, it's a great idea. If you're just buying bonds um, for diversification to your long-term portfolio, a regular bond fund is probably okay. Oh, over the river and through the woods, now grandmother's cap I spy. Hurrah for the fun as the pudding done. Hurrah for the pumpkin pie. Bro, how much weight do you think you gain over the holidays? If you had to guess. If I had to guess? Yeah. Three to five pounds. Three to five pounds! You know what? That is actually what most people say, is that they gain about five pounds over the holidays. What you're saying is I'm just average, is what you're saying? Well, no, well, yeah, a little. But sometimes it's okay to be average. <laughs> Studies actually vary on how much people, weight people actually gain on average. Um, some stories will say that it's like seven to ten pounds, right? Especially if it's like a reporter who's writing a story about like the epidemic of gaining weight over the holidays. Um, New York Times says actually the average is closer to one pound. However, if you're already overweight, you're likely to gain closer to five pounds. Hmm. So. I, I don't know how that the, makes you feel about that. It might that. be the type of the food that there's so much more like rich and sweet food, and you just feel worse because you're eating it. Maybe that's why I feel like more. The eggnog. Oh my gosh, the eggnog. I'm sure you consumed five pounds oh, of food. The eggnog. But yeah. yeah, anyway. Well, today we are joined by the Fool's Chief Wellness Officer, Sam Whiteside, and she brings us her best advice to maintain and not gain over the holidays. Hi, Sam. Hi, Fool. Thanks for coming back to the show. Absolutely. It's been too long. It has been too it's long. Been too long. So, what I liked about um, your maintain don't gain challenge that you do here at the Fool is the idea that listen, we know you're going to overindulge. Just try, just try to maintain. I'm not asking you to lose weight. Just try not to get fatter. Exactly. It's it's more about being cognizant in the moment and making sure that you're aware of the choices that you're making. Yeah, those choices. All of the choices. <laughs> All of the choices. So, so many choices. Because many of those choices around the holidays take place at a party or among friends and family, I think it only makes sense for us to eavesdrop a little bit on a get-together and discover what trips people up the most over the holidays. 
Shall we shall we go eavesdrop on a party? <laughs> Let's do that. Let's. I love living in New Hampshire. Fill the pool with whiskey. Cannonball. So yeah, drinking alcohol. <laughs> that happens a lot around the holidays. It sure does. Every single holiday party I'm sure that we will all attend or get together uh, this holiday season will have some sort of booze. Um, so, have you been to a party without booze during the holidays? Not that I'm no. aware of. No. No. <laughs> no. Maybe like a kid's birthday. No, even kids' no. birthday parties these even days the have like up. beer. So, yeah, I guess the funny thing about alcohol is like not only does alcohol have a lot of calories, but the mixers have a lot of calories. And then, then you end up like eating all this horrible food after you drink alcohol. It's just horrible. Did I mention eggnog yet? There's eggnog too. Well, that, the funny thing, um, let's take a guess. How many calories... Do you think an average pour of eggnog has? Bro looks so sad right now. <laughs> don't, don't don't confront me with reality. Uh, I'm going to tell you, it's 340 calories. Wow. Um, 19 grams of fat. But eggs are good for you. 12 grams of sugar. Wow. Um, in, a, in a typical eggnog um, concoction. Um, mm. So that brings me to my first point. Um, the holidays don't use that as an excuse to overconsume and overindulge, specifically on alcohol. Um, there are calories in in those alcoholic beverages, and and just because it's liquid, it does not mean it doesn't count. It it definitely goes into your total caloric intake, um, and so I usually recommend. Um, Trying some alcohol-free days, specifically during the week when you know that you have a party to go to that Friday or Saturday. Um, number two, um, every other alcoholic beverage, maybe swap it out for a glass of water. Um, have that glass of water in your hand when you're walking around a party. Um, that way, someone won't come up to you and be like, "Hey, you don't have you don't have a drink in your hand." Oh yeah. But I, how many Fools times does that, do that happen? That does happen a lot. <laughs> your hands are empty every day, all day long. Right? No, not at work. But at part, well, sometimes at work, but yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. Um, so that that will reduce someone coming up to you saying, "You your hands are empty. You don't have anything in your hand." Um, you do, and it yeah, every other drink is is a glass of water. Great. All right, should we head back to the party? Let's go. Okay. I'm going to eat all the carbs. And the dairy. Jeez, everyone. Jeez. So sometimes going to parties, uh, there's a lot of food. No, always there's food. We're Americans. Of course, at, at every party there is food. And it's not always the healthiest. Yeah. And funny funny that you mentioned cheese. Uh most of the vegetables that you'll most likely see um, at holiday parties will be covered in cheese or covered. Ooh, fondue! Right? Fondue! Cannonball! Are <laughs> <laughs> um, going to be covered in things you might not typically cover uh, vegetables with. Um, and so. Eggnog, in, for example? Eggnog, Ew. yeah. <laughs> dipped in asparagus. Um, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, and so I usually um, instruct fools or clients. Um, not only make sure you prepare for these parties, um, so you can bring a healthy dish, specifically if it's a potluck get-together. Um, be be the change in the world by bringing a healthy dish to an unhealthy party. <laughs> You'll be so popular, too. <laughs> well. Um, and then, like, don't don't just bring a, a crudite plate or a vegetable tray that you picked up at your local grocery store. Uh, make it fun. Um, I usually do uh, a sweet potato dish that's usually um, diced sweet potatoes and red potatoes and purple potatoes, um, usually drizzled with olive oil, a little bit of pesto stuck in the oven, pull it right out five minutes before, top it with goat cheese. 
not exactly the healthiest option you could ever eat in your entire life, but it's definitely one of the healthier options you might be able to bring um, to a holiday party. You know what blew my mind when I had it? And we had it here at the Fool when we had a nutritionist come, and it was cauliflower to be made like mashed potatoes. I have heard of this, but I've never tried it. It was amazing. Really? You, it was just cauliflower, salt, and like olive oil. It's hard sometimes to tell the difference between yeah. a really good cauliflower mash and and regular mashed potatoes. Wow. So um, a good resource that I um, use a lot is a website called sparkpeople.com. And so that website, you can easily um, find all kinds of fitness, nutrition, um, tips on that website, and you can also search for um, recipes that are low in sugar or that are good for um, heart healthy recipes, or that might be um, more diabetic friendly, um, or a specific uh, vegetable. Um, and so that that uh, website, I definitely recommend for anyone looking for a healthy option. I would also recommend making the recipe at least once before you take it to the party. That too, because I have made that <laughs> mistake so many times when I just show up with this casserole dish, and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it looks bad, but it I might taste really good. And then I walk away. <laughs> yeah. So let's say someone doesn't want to gain over the holidays. They go to a party and they overindulge. Is does, is it reasonable to compensate the next day by like basically fasting or just eating vegetables? Can you can you counteract what you do by? going the extreme other way on the next day or for the following week or anything like that? That's, that a, that's just... a great question. Um, I'm never I'm never really a great proponent of uh, fasting. Um, your body is a machine. You need to feed it for it, for it to perform. Um, and so I definitely do not recommend fasting. Um, increasing your vegetable count during, during the holidays is always a good idea. Um, and that's funny that you mentioned that. The Washington Post actually came out with a piece today um, that says 11 strategies for getting through the holidays without weight gain. And one of those strategies was to increase your vegetables during this time. Um, so I would recommend that. I would definitely not recommend a fast. You gotcha. also recommended in the past eating before you go to a party. Absolutely. So there you go. Get your vegetables in then, okay. bro. And so you can pound all <laughs> the eggnog you want. Asparagus nog. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are we ready to head back to the party? Let's go. I am way too busy researching Westworld fan theories online, and there is no time left to exercise. It's always funny to me how people are like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. But like me, I do have time to research fan theories on. Westworld online, and I do have time to do a lot of stuff, um, and so I make these excuses to not exercise and do a lot of things, when the truth is, I do have time, I just choose not to use that time for things that are good for me. That's a great point. Um, it, especially during the holidays, we're going to be surrounded with not only numerous indulgences and, um, and tempting offers, but we have family coming in and out of town, we're traveling. Um, these are all things that can definitely weigh heavily on um, the fact that we only have 24 hours in a day. Um, if you have 10 minutes, you have time to exercise. Um, there should really be no excuse to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, especially during a stressful time. Um, there are numerous apps out there that can provide you with really free, easy bodyweight workouts. Um, if you're traveling and you know you're going to be staying in a hotel, make sure you find that that hotel has a gym before you make the reservation. Um, a lot of uh, hotels out there now are even renting or giving you clothes um, to wear for when you work out. Oh, really? um, yeah, you can actually rent. Have they been cleaned? You can, I would hope so. Okay. Um, you, can, you can rent workout clothes or a pair of shoes. Um, and so um, that is 
another way to make sure that you're reducing those barriers. Right, right. The um, excuses. If yeah, there's reduce the there, excuses yeah. and the barriers. Um, and if you again, if you have ten minutes, you have time to exercise. Um, even if you spend that ten minutes taking a walk, um, that is much better than going ahead and taking a seat on that couch. You talked about the importance of having a friend or a family member to kind of hold you accountable. Absolutely. Um, Specifically, you want somebody who can help hold you accountable that hopefully lives within a close enough distance to where you guys actually interact. Not necessarily on a daily basis, but possibly on a weekly and definitely on a monthly basis. Um, making sure that you have those interactions. Um, for me, that is, I have a couple cousins in the area, and during this time, like we schedule walks, mm-hmm. um, morning walks during during the time. Then that we know that yes, it's stressful. We're we're both off of work. There's stuff going on, but we're making sure that we're holding each other accountable. Or a coworker, perhaps. Or a co-worker. I could do a better job holding you accountable, huh? You could. What What would you say is like a healthy amount of weight loss over a given period of like a month, or maybe even a week? Look like, at you. You're not even thinking maintain. You're looking to lose. Is yeah, that what I'm, you're saying? Because because I I've been working with Sam and I've had trouble sticking with things. So I'm like, <laughs> here we are talking about this, talking about accountability. Yeah, I'm gonna put some money on the line. Like, what's oh. a healthy amount? So are we putting money on the line right here, right uh, now? Right I'm, now. I'm, I'm just talking about it. Yeah, I'm thinking about okay. it. So you tell me. So <laughs> what's a healthy that pretty quickly? What's, didn't what's a healthy amount of weight to like someone to expect to lose in a week that isn't crazy? I. I am a big believer of the two to three pound rule. Um, it, uh, of course, it's going to depend on how much you weigh, male or female, um, your current level of activity, um, how many calories you're currently consuming, how many calories you plan to possibly cut. Um, but two to three pounds of weight loss per week is a safe number, um, depending on those things that I just mentioned. So, someone so. losing 10 pounds between now and the end of the holidays, that would be quite an accomplishment. Are you promising that you're going to lose wow. 10 pounds in my maintained on gain? Um, I think so. I'll take that challenge. All right, I'm putting $200 on the 200? line. $200? $200 on the line. So we're going to have so by December 31st. Okay. Is that the end of the holidays? No, we're saying January I'm, no, after 2nd. New Year's. I'm, yeah, yeah I'm, after giving, New Year's. I'm giving all fools until the end of the first week of January to gotcha. weigh out. All right. All right. So 100 bucks, 100 bucks. Well, 200 bucks. You said 200. No, I was going to say 100 bucks for each of you. Ooh. And then I looked at Rick. I'm like, all right, you guys are going to figure out how to split up the 200. Rick and, I, Rick and I can split up the 200. All right. So we got to do a weigh in after this. Okay. All right. This Bring is it on. fun. <laughs> I know for me personally, I never lose weight. It's just when I exercise more, I think I must gain muscle and then my clothes fit better. But I never, ever lose weight. And that's, that's also something else to be cognizant of. Don't, don't just rely on the number on the scale. That is not an indicator of your total health. That is not, definitely does not correlate with how hard you've been working. Um, I know that, I mean, we see it all the time in the show The Biggest Loser, that those those individuals are working their tails off for, for that entire seven days, and they go in and weigh in, and sometimes they've gained weight. Um, your body will fluctuate, and your body will sometimes see things as a stressor. Um, and so that's also really important why you need to maintain your stress during the holidays as well. Oh, hey, that's a great segue into our next uh, trip to the holiday party. Everyone in my family has opinions on how to cook the turkey and fix our economy. I'm so stressed. Yeah, so stress. I'm actually pretty lucky that my holidays are usually pretty stress-free. But, you know, for other people, like old bro over here. 
I think that I think this holiday season will be very interesting given the recent election for yeah. people who come from mixed political families like I do. So it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. Um, so a great way um, and an easy way and a way that will not take very much of your time um, to make sure that you're handling managing, decreasing your stress um, is the M-word, meditation. The M-word. <laughs> Some people are so scared of meditation, you will be so surprised. Um, or they think, you know, oh gosh, that's not for me, I can't do that, or that's too like left field. Um, meditation, the idea of meditation is simply to find a quiet space and to try and put more time in between the thoughts that come through your mind. Um, it's, not, it's not about um you know, doing yoga or standing on your head or having a certain pose or being completely quiet and having no thoughts come in. It's basically trying to put more space in between the thoughts that come through your brain. Um, because we're humans, our, our brains are consistently trying to create stories around things that come through. And it's basically just trying to decrease that um, and give yourself more quiet space in your brain. Um, really, really great apps out there. Um, some free ones, uh, Calm, Headspace, Omvana, Take a Break, and Smiling Mind are some of the top free apps out there. Um, some cheap ones are Bootify and Simply Being. Um, and each of these apps, you can go anywhere from five minutes to 45, 60 minutes of meditation. Um, you can play with the music, um, different themes. They can be guided imagery. Um, so easy, easy way to make sure that you're taking care of your taking care of yourself um, and de- decreasing that stress. So what what does that mean, though? Because I think when people think of meditation, they think of someone sitting in the lotus position. Is that what it's called? And just like being like, oh, right. And then like every once in a while, there's incense Boom. wafting through right. a chime and stuff like that. So what 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 are you going to get from one of these apps? What is this app going to ask me to do? Because if this there's some funky mind control in there by some tech company, and yes, maybe I've got these conspiracy theories from watching Westworld, but... Pull out your credit card. What, what's going to happen when I use one of these apps? Um, that's the great thing about all of the apps that I mentioned. There's a lot of different variability that you can play with. You can okay. play with the different musics or the different sounds or having having someone speak to you or no, like, I don't want to listen to anyone talk right now. I just want to listen to some waves crashing onto the beach. Yeah. Um, and so you definitely have um, that all of those choices with all, this, the, all of those apps that I just mentioned. In really- a previous episode, I'd mentioned the Beck Diet Solution, which is based on cognitive therapy, which is basically how you think affects how you act. And one of the... Um, premises of the book is we we have all these permission giving thoughts about eating when we know we shouldn't i think stress is a big part of that Mm. i'm very stressed i know i shouldn't eat this but i'm so stressed i'm going to go ahead exactly and eat this or i need that drink because i'm so stressed right Mm -hmm. and and those two things definitely need to you know there's we place a link between those things and there's definitely no there should be no link um don't give yourself an excuse to have you know two brownies just because you're stressed out. Um, If you're stressed out, find a different coping mechanism. Find a positive one that's going to impact you in a positive way. Mm -hmm. I'm currently in the process of trying to link going running for de-stressing. It'll work, too. It does work. I just have to keep reminding myself that I will feel better and I'll right. feel less stressed if I go run for a little bit. But right. I, it's like reprogramming myself. Right. And so definitely as more of a Western culture, we associate food with happiness and food with you know decreasing stress or food with um, as a gift. Um, that those are things that in our culture I see as um, things that we can probably work on. It's definitely... Um, plays a huge role in a family unit every time you know you get together with your girlfriends or you have a big family outing like we all eat 
or drink yeah. or eat and drink a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's something that um, provides a lot of joy, but you can find joy um, in, in other ways. Sometimes Make it a sometimes. Exactly. Sometimes food. Well, we are done with the cocktail party, but I do want to hear Sam's bottom line, best piece of advice for everyone over the holidays. And it is... Sure, that's a hard one. Um, but if I had to choose one thing, it would definitely be to volunteer, give back. Um, specifically during the holiday season, um, we we not only are stressed out, uh, we're making possibly poor decisions, uh, we're being pulled at all different angles. Um, and what I call keeping your tank full, um, our tanks start to decrease. Um, we start to feel frazzled. Um, and so for me, an easy way to f- keep my tank full or to refill that tank um, is to give back in some capacity. Um, and so an easy way to do that for me um, is to go onto a couple different websites. Uh, one is um, Hands On Network. Um, it's definitely um, an easy way to find local volunteer opportunities wherever you are. If you go to pointsoflight.org slash hands-on network, um, you will be able to find local volunteer opportunities pretty much in whatever zip code you live in. Um, and so I have been using that network probably for about six or seven years. And for me, I found that um, on Thursday morning on Thanksgiving Day, I will be volunteering at New Hope Housing's um, Thanksgiving lunch. And so I will be wow. making dinner rolls the night before um, and a potato <laughs> dish of some kind in a healthy capacity. A healthy one, uh, I know, I've heard of one that has sweet potatoes and regular yeah. potatoes. Where'd you hear that from? Um, so I will. <laughs> no one is making asparagus nog. That's like um, the meanest thing you can make That is horrible. For that sounds gross. Um, and so I will be uh, serving, uh, serving that food to some of our uh, chronically homeless here in Alexandria. Um, so yeah, good for you. Yeah, That's great. I love I love that idea because if if you're volunteering, you're not eating, you're not you're not overindulging, and you're also not spending money, which we also like to do. To Could you imagine money. serving serving food to the homeless and then overindulging, taking all the food? That would be horrible, <laughs> absolutely horrible. That is not giving back, bro. That is but not going to help you lose those ten pounds. Food. If you did donate asparagus nog, you would get it all to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so you could overindulge in that case. Thank you so much for joining us and coming in today and sharing your great advice. This has been really wonderful. It's been wonderful to be here, and I hope it isn't another six, twelve months before I see you again. No, I mean, no, I see you again in the might, office. But. It might be just the uh, the beginning of the next year when I'm not giving you $200. Boom. There you we go. Kind of, I kind of want that money, though. <laughs> I'm going to spend it all on wine and cheese and crackers. <laughs> and carbohydrates. And all the carbohydrates. <laughs> well, that's the show. I want to thank Harris and Shoots who sent postcards from Dubai and Helena, Montana, respectively. Very nice. I love it. They still come in. Amy at the front desk will come up and she'll drop them off my desk and then she'll cover her ears because I'll squeal. (laughs) And then my husband on the other side, he sits like 15 feet from me. People will be like, what happened? And Ron will say, "Uh, Allison just got some more postcards from listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I love him so much. All right. Uh, our email is answers at fool.com. Uh, we have a mailbag episode coming up. So we are also up to our eyeballs in mail. 
we're sorry about that. But we're going to start digging. We're going to start digging. But you can still email us, answers at fool.com. We love to hear from you. Also, if you have time, head to our podcast center. It's at fool.com slash podcast. And if you enjoyed last week's episode with Kim Palmer about how to be an entrepreneur, you might enjoy Rule Breaker Investing. That podcast with David Gardner is having Entrepreneur Month with lots of interviews with fun and interesting entrepreneurs and experts um, like Rick. Who are some of the people he interviewed? Guy, Guy Kawasaki? Danny Meyer. Who's Danny Meyer? Uh, restaurant fame, Shake Shack and uh, Union Street Cafe. Oh, Union Square yeah. Cafe, sorry, in New York. Yeah. I believe he also interviewed the so-called king of Kickstarter, and he's a board game creator. I believe it's Jamie Stegmeier. So, lots of interesting people. Oh, and he also interviewed Tom Gardner, co-founder and CEO of The Motley Fool, a little company you may have heard of. So, there you go. You can head to podcast.fool.com, and you can also learn about some of the services we provide, like Motley Fool, Rule Your, your retirement. retirement Newsletter. It's the jam. <laughs> The show is edited volunteeringly by Rick Engdahl. For Robert Brokamp, I'm Allison Southwick. Stay foolish, everybody. <laughs> oh, this is such a fun party. Whiskey, carbs, and cheese. That's it, baby. That's, what, that's, all, I, that's all I'm good for. Okay. Come on.